In every dream home a heartache And every step I take Takes me further from heaven Is there a heaven? I'd like to think so Standards of living They're rising daily But home, oh sweet home It's only a saying Hello Kevin, welcome to the third Kevin Yee edition of the How to Be Unpopular podcast. Unfortunately, <laughs> the second one hit the cutting room floor and I was going to go through it, but I'm sure we'll touch upon a couple things that we touched upon in the last podcast. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I feel a little nervous because I haven't really been doing any skating, <laughs> so it's not like I'm coming hard to the game. Last time when we interviewed, I was like filming a section, you know? <laughs> right well, now, just partying. <laughs> we get to talk about the section, though. That's the best part. There's a lot to talk about. There was um, obviously your section, and then uh, uh, I want to talk a little bit about the Angie Walton podcast. Yeah. If you, if you have some points, but um, I want to start by asking if you listen to the Todd and Leon podcast, and this is a big one to start with, but do you have a mission statement for your skating? Have you ever thought of a, a concise statement for your that's own a, skating? That's cool. I, you know, when I listened to that, I was like, kind of thinking about, like, I didn't come up with one. Like, I wasn't. I didn't even think about what's mine for skating. I thought I was trying to think about what's mine for life and stuff, but I didn't get anywhere. And um, what's my mission statement for skating? You know, what's weird is that, like, now, okay, so I just. Um, my old friend, like his name's Zach Flugum, he just sent me the Hooligan Project. Have you heard of that? That's um, the newest Minnesota video. Yeah, yeah, and I'm, you know, I'm from Minnesota, so I have all my friends, and I just watched it for the first time last night, and um, yeah, it's this the the blading in that video is is nuts, man. It's like it's it's just like a lot of a lot of the dudes aren't that well-known skaters but the stuff everyone's doing is so detailed and like creative and technical and kind of gnarly um but minnesota's always gone pretty hard since the yeah. beginning yeah does uh, uh john robinson or oh who's the who's the burly guy jake moreau he's not in it he's not there's, in it yeah there's not really any there isn't anybody from that from that crew, other than uh, Shane McClay, who actually did a lot of awesome tricks. Shane's a good friend. Um, but, you know, nowadays, I'm not sure. I think, you know, I think I have this, Have there's this image of me of being, like, the creative guy, or one of them. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, nowadays, when I watch skating, I see so much similarity between what I'm doing and what other people are doing, more so than ever before, really, you know? Yeah. So, it's like, so, I think, yeah, that's a good question. 
What What do you think? <laughs> What's your mission statement for skating? What's my mission statement? I yeah. I would just want to steal Todd's. I can't even remember what his what he said, but he had it broken down really nicely. Yeah, he had two point two part, and it was uh, they worked together really well. And I can't remember what it was. I should have written it down. Um, mine's it was al- like yeah. Uh, go ahead. Mine's always been uh, with this. I stole it from Arlo. Um, in did you ever see that video One Love? It's on YouTube now. Yeah, yeah. Um, of course. Uh, like a vehicle for self-expression and radical thought. So I always uh-huh. the video video and skating kind of goes together. So I yeah. always look at it as a, as a place to try out infinite things. But at the same yeah. time, I've been more influenced lately. I think it's going to change a little bit because some of the stuff that I've been editing and some of the videos that I've been watching, you just can't mm-hmm. beat like a well-executed trick once in a while. So mm-hmm. my mission over the next bit is to combine the weird with the refined. And not anytime yeah. soon, but over the next, I don't know, five years, I would love to combine yeah. weird skating with refined. Because you are right that uh, there's quite a bit of creative skating. Yeah. You know that 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 that's like kind of. I remember when I was when I was filming the shock thing. I definitely had a mission statement. It was um, I wanted to combine like like mushroomish creative blading with um, with like hammer skating. You know, and I don't know if I fully did that. You know, but that was what I tried to do. That You've was done like, that. You've done that since even your the Inri section. You've had. Some very very creative with hammer. Yeah, I think that's what I was after at that time. And then right now, I I'm kind of I'm kind of feeling. I think. Hmm. I think I just like I really do like doing stuff that that I feel is rare, and I think I'll always be like that. But right now, like where my skating's at, I don't feel like it's super rare, you know, anymore. So maybe sometimes I'm trying to think of other areas that I can move into that aren't just like the endless progression. But okay. those those kinds of areas are kind of like they're kind of weird and scary to even even for me to like, you know, consider. Like the other day I was thinking, okay, what if um what if I skated from the you know, we always like go out and skate and get clips and put it to a song, mm-hmm. you know? Like what if what if I just picked a song, and then choreographed my skating to the song? Like the song came first. We've talked about that you know? before, and yeah. uh, I think Nima Chris Nima also had had an idea. No one's done it yet. We've talked about that. But are you talking about you would be listening to the song in the headphones and do everything in one take, or you would have no. pieces of the song set up that you would play from spot to spot? Well, I, I what I was thinking is I would just listen to the song and um <clears throat> and be like, Okay, there's the the mood of, of for the first ten seconds is like this and then be like, Okay, what do I what should I do? What kind of movements or tricks or or shots or whatever should I do for that part and then kind of figure out how to kinda like I guess it would be like making a music video, I guess. Absolutely. That's getting into kind of a you're like directing yourself yeah. almost. That's how directors do it. You know what's a really yeah. fun exercise actually? If you have an editing program, 
is to take a song and then take text and then use text for the beats. I've used that and I've sent them to Todd before where it's on you just write out things that you would want to see in blocks mm-hmm. of text to the music. If you ever do that, it's fun. If you ever just get the urge to make a sec an imaginary section, that's the way I do it. So you just put text to the beat? Yeah, like um if the song had like a slow ambient 10 second intro you would take a block of text that goes for 10 seconds and you would say a shot of sun rising or slow fade in of city or whatever it's fun Mm -hmm. it's fun to do yeah 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 that's kind of the that would be the that was like one idea you know when i'm trying to think outside of um i mean it's it's kind of like i don't know why but i guess i just do really want to um I don't know. I guess I don't get too excited if I feel like I'm, because like so I I like have a whole new list of tricks and um that I thought of you know or that I found, and um I can make a section just like the last one I made, and but then I just got kind of bummed out because I'm like, I don't know if I really want to do that, you know. There's a there's a lot in that so, statement right there, and that even though I could, you know, and it would be probably liked because everyone liked that last one like that was crazy people were like stoked on it and i didn't get any negative feedback i'm like i could just keep doing this and wow people would like me but i'm like fuck i don't really it doesn't feel um exciting you know what you should have put that double toe trick in that you were talking about and then you may have gotten some negative feedback i know but i didn't get to do that oh so that's for the next next i want yeah. to see that i don't even think that would do it you know there I'm wasn't just, uh, I don't think it. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, no, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, it was uh, kind of what I said, kind of where where I want to go with my skating. Where yeah. uh, it was like a very refined version of your skating. There was. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of avant garde, but it was refined in a really. It was refined in a creative way. I'm yeah. trying to think. The most avant garde thing, in my opinion, like the most uh, standout creative trick. And it was paired with a really nice shot. It was it was the shot of you with all of your... Your printing actually looks quite a bit like mine. Your scrawlings. And mm-hmm. then it cut to you doing the X-grind to ledge roll to curve ledge roll to jump on fakie down a ledge to drop zero macchio. Yeah, yeah. That one was by far the, the first time I watched it. You know, there's like the one thing that'll stand out when you watch yeah. something. That was the yeah. one for me, so... Sick. Um, would what would you consider in that section to be your most avant-garde creative thing? Which is there's a broad question, but hmm. or was everything very uh, specifically planned out? Pro- or you had something in mind? So you, I mean, so you feel like avant-garde is usually not planned? Yeah. That oh, that's funny because that's your version of avant-garde. <laughs> you know, <laughs> avant-garde can be planned, actually. Totally. Why wouldn't it be planned? So, what totally was the standout? Be. What seemed like the most bizarre thing that you did in that section for yourself? Um, I felt like the whole time I was kind of staying within the lines. You um, were, yeah, yeah. And I chose to. I like did that on purpose. I wanted. I that was the first section I ever made in my whole life where I actually considered the audience. <laughs> <laughs> and there you go, no negative feedback. Yeah, it's, it worked. 
Um, that, that was your push towards mainstream accessibility. Yeah, kind of, well... Um, <laughs> not, not, not mainstream yeah. in, in the mainstream of rollerblading accessibility. Yeah, I, I did. And I think... I, I don't know. I'm, I feel like... I'm not sure how I feel about it, you know? Because now I could go ahead and be keep doing that, you know? Um, but I'm, I'm glad I did it because I... I, remember, I was talking to the receptionist at my office. He's like kind of a... I don't know. He's like kind of... He's a friend. Old, he's older. He's a, kind of a mentor too. He's a jazz... He's a jazz singer. Yeah. So we kind of relate on the level of like creating things and putting them out into the world and everything that goes along with that. And, you know, he was like, well, and I told him that, you know, um, how I considered the audience, like, whereas before it, well, I didn't really. He's like, well, everything before was like therapy then, huh? And I'm like, yeah, it really was. You know, like the shock thing was totally therapy. And he's, and so the thing, I think the thing about, I mean, there's a whole, there's other things that you could, other ways to go about it, but if there's, there's, I guess there's therapy sections and then there's, like, I didn't do, that wasn't therapy, that last one, but the shock one definitely was. And I think, I think when you do a section kind of like for therapeutic reasons, then it's kind of self-interested in, in a way that makes it more specific to um, you know the kinds of the amount of people that are going to like it. There's there's going to be some people who it really moves, you know, because they're going through things like you, and they understand that. And then there's going to be a lot of other uh, than another people who are just there. You know, it's like that's not the kind of therapy I need, so I don't get that. And you know, so why are you mixing that in with the skating? You know, or why are you doing skating? That's you know. Holy shit! You just explained all the mushroom bl blading videos that we've made up to this point. Yeah, I think that would apply, sure. Mushroom yeah. blading is your your guys' therapy. Yeah. But I but I but I think the mushroom blade your mushroom cuz you just dropped the the new mushroom blading video and I think that I I got it through that 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 really you guys are really doing therapy for rollerbladers. I feel like <laughs> it's it's more than just it's more than just you and Todd, you know, that's happening. It's like, it's, you know, it's, it's something that I feel like we all, we all really need to understand what, what that's, what, what that video, that last, that last one is about, you know, cause I really do get it. <laughs> I, I get it. Like I watched it and yeah, it is nice work by the way. Congrats. Oh, yeah. thank you. Um, yeah. I didn't, I I wasn't expecting much to happen when it Actually, you know what? In all honesty, I was so excited to put that video out and nothing happened. What do you think about that when Yeah. What are your expectations when you put something out? It's so bad to have that human flaw of like yeah. expecting something to happen and yeah. then the best you can do is think about how it just it is happening whether you know it or not and to move on to yeah. the next thing. Well, that's like, um, when I put out the shock one, it was like three years of like excruciating rollerblading, you know, and like, like out of those three years, half of the entire time, six months out of every year, I couldn't skate and I was dying to skate because I felt like on this quest to, to make, to finish it, you know, 
And I, I mean, the the truth is, is it's such a long section. I could have made three in the time, you know, like. But after I put that out, I, you know, I did. I think I felt like there'd be a response, but I didn't really get one, you know. Um, and it was like okay, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um. Do you think All that right. that's because that was on DVD, and do you guys plan to put that online? Um. That definitely had a had a big was a big factor. But I've had many people whose opinions I really do respect tell me flat out the thing that I did with Matt Rice in six months was just like three times better than the whole shock thing. So, so I've heard it's just been like that but so I think are we gonna put it online? Um yeah, I think I think we will eventually. It's such a long video, though. Maybe we could just put like the specific sections online. I'd love to put Danny Mom's section online at some point because I think his skating is so good, and people um, are only kind of recently starting to find out outside of NorCal. I was hooked on that song for a couple weeks, the Tears yeah. for Fears song. After I yeah. watched that section, there's a yeah. there's a lot of passion, and it's really funny how it's called aggressive skating. But mm-hmm. I would describe his his skating as aggressive. <laughs> he seems well, very yeah. aggressive. Yeah, yeah. He's he's always been he's always been very aggressive. Um some skaters energy is just aggressive, I don't know. He'll he falls really hard, Danny will fall really fucking hard and scrape himself back up and uh and and it's pretty unreal because the falls that that guy will take are just not like the kind of stuff where you should be able to get up and like skate, keep skating. You know, that's a tough motherfucker. There's something about his look too, that uh, the the hair and he's got like the yeah. jean, he he just looks like uh, someone that if you rollerbladed or not, it'd be like what's what's that guy all about? What does that guy do? Yeah, Danny works at a salad store in. in um, downtown san francisco in the financial district and like he always gets comments and like people ask him they talk they they like say oh so you're in this band you know they just assume he's in this specific band you know (laughs) or like you know because he's got like bleach blonde hair and he's all like stylish salad store yeah it's called mixed greens um john vasugi just he just quit but for a long time it was john vasugi and thomas both worked at this at this mixed greens salad place then there's like a bunch of locations in downtown it's like kind of like business people go there and get a huge salad and um it's like fresh and organic you know and um and yeah so it's been and now tyler tyler nolan uh just i don't know if you know tyler but no he just he just moved to san francisco and he got a job there too so for a second there, there was four rollerbladers working at the same chain. <laughs> <laughs> That's full-on fight club right there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just like once you get... That's the way it works here, at least like for living situations and for jobs, you have to know somebody. So everyone kind of helped each other out. Yeah, uh, Taking it back to the how you said... You know, you work so hard on the section, and then it yeah. comes out, and and nothing happens, and the shock video being on DVD. Do you think the therapeutic ones are the ones that maybe have more of a lasting impact, but nothing happens when they come out? Mm-hmm. That you, I guess, go into the story a little bit, 
related to that with the song choice and how that was therapeutic, that section? Um, well, I guess, I guess I'd say that, um, well, the, so the first, that, that shock one, this, the first sections by, um, the first part of it's Brian Eno and the song's called This. And, um, that, um, that song, uh, for me has this feeling of like, kind of like we're, you know, I'm alive right now. This is the moment, like the, the feeling when, um, you see it kind of, I'll kind of look at a spot and my mind will kind of wrap itself around like the trick and it'll kind of, there'll, there'll be a spark and I'll, and then I'll just be like, you know, I have to, I don't feel like this as much lately, but it, it was like during that time I would go to a spot and be like, I'd feel called to like do this specific trick. I just figure it out. And I'm like, that's the like kind of almost mathematical feeling like this is the equation. It equals like perfection, you know, this is it, you know? So it's like this burning, you know, this calling, um, and, and that's the feeling for the first section, which was kind of what I was going through. Cause I had, uh, after like doing RIPSF and doing some other sections, I was always building towards a section that would be, um, like my, my grand statement kind of section. And that, that I, the idea of making a section like that was, was pretty much put in my head by Pat Lennon. You know, he always was like, make one section, you know? Pat's all about like get it right, you know, once. It's all you need to do. Don't fuck around, you know, one time. Like Pat Pat Lennon won't make any therapeutic sections, that's for sure. Well, I bet his skating was probably therapeutic. Yeah, well he I guess he's on a whole other level. Yeah. He mixed yeah, the I don't two know. together. Yeah, I don't know, but 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 yeah, I wanted to do that and I wanted I think the kind of reason why I wanted to make a section that was like this grand statement thing is that I needed the confidence and I needed to feel um, like, like bef- I don't know, when I got back into skating, I was kind of lost and I really wanted to kind of prove to prove to myself that like I could be who, you know, I could be great or I could be who I thought I was or I could be the artist that I, that I knew I was, but I couldn't. Um, that I couldn't really, because uh, I, you know, it's like that whole like, are you an artist or not? You know that question, <laughs> and it's like it's kind of it kind of sucks if you doubt yourself and you're like, oh, I'm not. You know, it's like, well, what is it? It's nothing really. It's just like, are you? Do you make stuff or you know? It's, but I got, I got, I needed, I needed to feel. Um, I don't know. I needed to take my skating to the limit. You know. Because I felt like if I did that, I'd find out something about myself, you know, and like find a foundation, like build a foundation for myself through that proof through skating that you know that I could be strong and I could be confident and I could go on with life, you know. And but but that uh, but so this and then so there's then I told you about the first song and then the second song is um the the lyric is like. Lord knows I've been trying, which is like literal, you know, I've really been trying, like I've really been going out there and hucking it, or not hucking it, but, um, you know, pushing myself as hard as I could and doing the tricks that I think are, 
need to be done and um and that middle part is where i uh where i'm going from emergency rooms to emergency rooms and and blowing my wallet um getting my uh getting my broken leg and the torn ligaments in my ankle fixed um and i think <clears throat> i mean on a literal level that's like yeah you get hurt when you skate and it's cool to show that like what you go through but i think what i really wanted to show was um just that there can be you know i mean I, it's like there's rollerblading and i feel like everyone wants to be like it's fun and you hang out with your dudes and um shit goes down you know did you hear what he did like that was crazy yeah and that's it but for me it's like skating really is therapy you know and it's been it it was therapy for me when i was in middle school and everyone all the kids in my school were making fun of me and i really was sensitive you know and i would go to skate and i would feel better and i would get a, a skate so skating's always been more to me more more personal and and i think it is like that for probably everybody but just the the way that it's shown you know is to me like really superficial you know um and i wanted to show that like darker more um this more struggle you know uh, i also was like obsessed with existential existentialism in college so maybe that's part of it too you know like having a bent towards that all the anguish i like it you know it hurts but it's like i like it and depression too you know i have like been in and out of depression so it's like something i get you know um but anyway so then there's that middle part and um yeah and then i guess i guess the third parts in every in every home a heartbreak um <clears throat> that's by roxy music and uh it's and i started the i started out the song by just seeing the lyrics um and i just wanted to sing it just to kind of make the point like hey like this is this is kind of my story right here you know um <clears throat> and i guess it's like there's you know there's so many levels to it and i and i edited that section that's the only section of the video that i like edited by myself and thomas helped me like sharpen it up <clears throat> and so and i didn't take me that long to edit so i guess it's not like i've gone down and like it was kind of like you know when you like making it was like i see all these things i was doing but i don't think everything all i don't know if everything all fits together into a grand kind into some system you know but there's just lots of like feelings you know um yeah yeah but the in every home a heartbreak is just kind of going doing dealing with that the the kind of darkness um and uh i guess when i was a kid like all my skating friends like when i would tell them like you know after we were old enough to talk about stuff like and not just talk about you know frames and liners um i'd say like you know i was like going through a lot in in high school when we were all skating together you know and it's like all all my homies are like what are you serious you know and it's cuz i had like a split in my life like when i was at home and church and school i was like 
I didn't talk and I was negative and really closed off. And uh, then when I'd go skate, I was just like a like happy little angel, you know? I was just like smiling the entire time, you know? Yeah. Like I remember one time Farmer told me to like not smile after I land a trick. Because <laughs> 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 I was, you know, like it was like I was really happy, you know? That's not very good advice. Yeah. Farmer. Yeah. Well, you should get him on the podcast and talk to him. Hey, I sent him a message. I got a message back, and then, and then nothing. So, Chris, come on, let's talk about smiling after you land tricks. <laughs> well, I think that honestly, I think that in his in his defense, like, uh, we all have different, um, you know, kinds of energies. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know if that's really his energy. It seems like in every section you see of him, he's like, it's really. It's like an anger. He escapes from fire, you know, which is really powerful, you know. So, anyways, I well before. Oh no, go ahead. Actually, no. I have one point there. I always mm-hmm. interpreted his anger as, uh, as like something really deep coming from committing so hard to skating. That the anger that comes out is something, uh, some frustration about putting so much into one thing, and then. Because I've, I've never really had one of those spazzes before when they go skating. You never got mad and screamed? Um, I think when I was going through a really dark time in my life, I, I had maybe done it, but... Yeah. Um, it, yeah. Sometimes that anger is a representation of a lack of other outlets, but that's for Chris Farmer and I to discuss when Chris Farmer comes on the podcast. Chris Farmer, if you're listening to the podcast. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So go ahead. You'd be skating in uh, in Minnesota, and there was a there was a double side to your life. Yeah, there's two sides, and that that was kind of a weird thing that I that I went through, and I slowly kind of dug myself out of, or I'm digging I'm digging myself out of in a way. Um, but um, so that was kind of the in every home a heartbreak feeling about like my childhood. And then, and also, kind of like, I don't know. There's, there's something to do with skating there too. It's hard to, it's hard to describe how skating could be your home, and it's also breaking your heart. Um, but I think there's something there. And, <clears throat> but yeah, the songs all, the skating's all slow mo, and it kind of builds, you know. And then, then there's the trick where I, where I tear my ligaments in my ankle and break my leg. I, that's the, um, that wall ride on the American Apparel sign. Yeah. And, um. And then the song hits, and then it's all just, you know, that's where I tried to put, like, the quick tricks, kind of hammers and quick tricks that would that would just be that, like, like, ah, you know, <laughs> like, kind of coming, coming out of the water, you know, yeah. and breathing, which is sort of the experience of, like, when you're, if you're, if you're kind of, like, depressed, and if you're kind of depressed and it's sort of even, evened out through your life, and then sometimes there's those moments where you just like breathe and you're like, fuck, like, what am I doing, you know, with this mood? Like, I'm alive or something, you know? I think maybe that's what that's about. Um, so it's, yeah, that was a heavy section. I think it was, it, there was so much that went into it, you know, and I'm, I'm glad I, I'm glad I made it. I'm pretty sure a lot of people haven't seen it. 
because seven thousand. I just watched your section again tonight before yeah. uh, listening to the podcast, and it's seven thousand views on that one. And mm-hmm. I, I highly doubt even half that many people have seen the shock video. Maybe like maybe I don't know, like a f- couple thousand have seen your shock shock section. Maybe not even that many. Who knows? Yeah. It's yeah. changed so much that that the DVD format, unless it's a big video, because I think the shock video even is an underdog within the video market. Because what was it? There was like it, it was yeah. up against uh, ground control and uh-huh. uh, what else came out around that time? Ground control was the main one, but might have been the Hooligan Project for Christmas too. I swear but there was one other. One. There was like Fester and Fester. Uh, Fester was it? Yeah. There's one other one. I don't know, but I, yeah, I feel like more people just need to see that section. Yeah, um, I yeah, I, I totally agree. I'm over it. I don't think I'll ever make another DVD, like it, I, unless I unless I just made like maybe a hundred, you know, or like fifty, and just like mainly just gave them to the people that are in the video, and just gave them away, you know. Yeah, because it just seriously like I don't know. It has there's the there's downfalls of course to like the internet and putting stuff on there. On the I think the you guys talk about a lot the way that you view it is important. You know, like how distracted are you? You know, and stuff. Um, yeah, but it does seem like it has to be online now for it to exist. There was still something special about putting the shock uh, video in a DVD player. Yeah. And I think I specifically went to the store to get beer to watch it. Like, I drank a coffee, and then I drank mm-hmm. beer while I watched it. And then, um, like I said in the review, I paused it, I think, just before Anders' section. Yeah. And then I remember I had a really enjoyable experience. And then yeah. the people who I've watched it with, we've all had really enjoyable experiences. So the social cool. part of watching it has been really good. I don't even know if there's going to be many more DVDs after this. Yeah. Well, it's yeah, it does seem I don't know what I don't know what's going to happen like cuz like if I make another DVD then I could make a little bit of money from just get, selling it to shops. Yeah. And that might be what motivates people. But, um, but yeah, it just kind of, it just doesn't, it doesn't seem like it makes sense anymore. But yeah, there's still, there's always going to, maybe they'll always, for a while, they'll still do like Volo and I don't know, maybe like the shadow video will probably be, I mean, if it was really easy to put it on iTunes, I don't think, I don't even think those dudes would, maybe they wouldn't even do copies. Oh yeah, the shadow video, it's the music rights thing which that's yeah. an, that's a whole other thing that should evolve over time I'm sure. Yeah. Um, I think the donate button might be something that will become more popular over the years. Yeah. Just, if you enjoy it you can donate money and then it that kind of gets past the gray area of the fact that you're using music that you don't have the rights to. Mm-hmm. But this is one thing that I want to just quickly say about the music rights issue. Never in the past however many years of making videos do I ever want to contact an artist and be like, listen, can I, I'm using your music in a rollerblading video. 
Like, I just find that there may be so much uh, cultural conditioning behind the word rollerblading that I wouldn't even have a chance to use the artist's music. Even showing them, like, a sample of video, it would be hard to convince someone. So I'd much rather just use the music, put it online for free, and skip that thing. What do you think about that? I don't know. I would I would go ahead and try. I wouldn't let the stigma of rollerblading keep you from doing something like that. I, I think I, I must have a not a chip on my shoulder but a gaping hole then. What's the whole deal in Canada? How are how is it at the skate parks? Do you get a lot of shit? Um here in Kamloops, um we grew up skating in this town and especially um that skate park that you see in all like park killers and all of our edits yeah. and stuff mm -hmm. um we grew up skating that thing todd and mason ver skated it every day for a couple years yeah and there's a rich history of crazy rollerblading tricks and us being friends with everyone so uh, yeah it's not that bad at all um yeah Van vancouver though is whoops <laughs> what what's sorry no oh. oh i just like played a song I didn't mean to. Oh, I didn't hear it. You're good. Oh, Vancouver, cool. though, is a completely different story. Um, and and I don't blame uh, the stigma at skate parks. Uh, rollerbladers, we can be really bad with wax. Um, our skate park etiquette can sometimes still be not so good. Um, and I still have that feeling of when I'm skating in Vancouver. To, I have to, like skate a little bit harder at first to try and gain respect and I hate yeah. that game I hate that game sometimes it gets me bless you it gets Thanks. me into a zone sometimes but um, Vancouver I had a tough time <coughs> bless you yeah yeah I know that I know that feeling that you gotta stand up for rollerblading and do a ha do some hard shit yeah I mean there's a skate park right by my house called Petrero Skate Park and it's like I mean it's it's like the first legit skate park in San Francisco. It was built a few years ago. It's really good. But um I, I don't know, like lately when we first started going there it was pretty it was pretty rough. Like a couple times I got like like stopped at the gate by skateboarders, like holding up their board saying that like with Swandu is like holding up his board like you saying you, you can't come into my dojo. You know? <laughs> and uh I've tried to, um, you know, we've all, we've, it's, it's, it's definitely mellowed out. Um, usually nowadays, the only, the only thing that really happens is there's like, there's like cocky little kids that like want to pester you and see what reaction. And like, um, I'm trying to just, I, you know, the best thing you can do is like smile. It's weird. It seems like a smile is even more powerful than a big air. I've done that one before. But um, you kind of have to laugh. It kind of has to be real. It's weird. It's, it's hard a, to... It's a mind game. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it is it is pretty annoying. But, um... Yeah. I don't know. Taylor um, Ritchie from Vancouver had a really good one where he says he'll just, like, roll up to people and say, like, oh, all these... Look at all these fucking fruit booters. And then, like take the joke and make light of it and it, it would be really hard to come up with something 
back to that, especially if you just make light of the situation. Yeah. And I've done that before. I've done, like, if I've done something kind of weird and then uh, I see people smiling, I'll, like, laugh. I'll share the moment. Like, I just did a wacky-ass trick on my on my rollerblades and uh, and that works as well. And a lot of the time, it's the perception that I place on the environment that yeah. I'm giving it back to them somehow by assuming they're talking shit. That's that's a game in itself. Yeah. Where we might just think that people are are uh, saying shit, but for the most part, rollerblading is an easy target, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> We're strapping wheels to our feet and relating to our our unreleased conversation. There's how you said there's innies and outie trick, innie tricks <laughs> and outie trick, and innies yeah. and outies, and the the stance of skateboarding it was neutral, right? Yeah. And the stance of BMX was neutral, right? Right. And then the actual motion of skating is Audi, which yeah. is very <laughs> expressive and uh, expression mm-hmm. can be. That's pretty much the root of why rollerblading can look so bad and so dorky right. to so many people. Right. It's Audi. Yeah. And then wanna, what's interesting too is that like uh, fakey is a little more any. That's why uh, sometimes, like you see, carving a bowl can look yeah. really sick. Yeah. You said that's any fakey's any. Fa- I think fakey's a little more any. Because if you think about neutral. it's yeah, but if you when you carve backwards, like it can pull on your ankles in a way a soy out would in a way, you know. Because oh, you, never... you you got because <laughs> you've got your so if you're standing if you're skating backwards. And you're, you know, you're looking over your left shoulder, and your right foot is in front of your left. Yeah. And you're really, if you really crank it and you really look over your shoulder, then it pulls you like an alley oop soul. Holy shit! I've never thought of that. You had a really good quote. Uh, was that on the last podcast? The one that didn't get released, know. where you said, um, "If you're really good at alley oop souls." Then you're you'll be all right in skating. If you were just really good at doing alley oop souls, that's a good point to jump from. Yeah, I, th- I, <laughs> I do, I do think historically that that's the alley oop soul, the soyal, the true top soul. People go a long ways only having those tricks. You know, you got another skater who's got Mizu, Kind Grind, and Tabern and Tabernacle. <laughs> you don't really. Uh, where's the you know. You know, you don't really see that guy. <laughs> <laughs> so the viewers that are sorry, the listeners that don't know, you just labeled any tricks and then outie tricks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's that's it. Uh, I've been working on the any tricks for so long, and, and uh, I did a really good alley oop soul the other day where I reverted on a rail where I really I really looked over I looked through the hole in my armpit a little bit and I reverted. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> but aren't you aren't you tall? Aren't yeah. you a tall person? I'm like six foot. Traditionally that's not an alley oop soul looking no, through the hole to revert is not a tall person trick. No, but we already talked about this in the last one. It okay. is it totally is. Kai Carlson we 
you know, to say one dude who could alley you soul like a motherfucker, tall, taller than me, maybe. Um, but oh, yeah, it's Demetrius George. Come on, man. Is he tall? Yeah. He's as tall as me. He's at least six foot. Oh, shit. Yeah, it's it's really not. It's really not a height thing. It's more about, like, your hips and your ankles and your knees, I guess. Okay, so I don't yeah. understand this part. This this is an astrological conspiracy that um, people born in April, you did a Mizu in your section, and your, yeah. feet, your feet were closer together. Was that just because it was a steep rail, or do you do your Mizus with your feet close together? Because I do, and I was born close to you, and Zach, Zacharias Flynn... <laughs> He yeah. does his Mizus close together, and I don't do them very often because when I was younger, I was like, why the fuck do my Mizus look so weird compared to everyone else's? And then I kind of got self-conscious. But yeah. I saw the one that you did, and it was actually pretty stylish. It <laughs> Thanks. A, it, was a clo- it was a closer together, wasn't it? Yeah. It was, is that because we distribute more weight on our back foot than most people? Mm. I don't know. I think if I set on it more, then I distribute more to my back foot. So I think I distribute almost less, you know? And then your back farves, do you do them close? If you were to do a back farve, are they close-footed? Yeah, they're close. I don't like Mine them. are, too. And I don't do them very often because they're so close. Yeah. I can't, is- yeah, I can't even really back farve. Like, every once in a while, I'll do one, like, as a joke. And I'm, like, surprised that I can actually almost do them I can't that's like me I'll do it at the long box at the skate park and I'll laugh really hard especially if I do a back farve to forwards I just think it's one of the worst looking things I could possibly do it feels like I'm making fun of rollerblading while I do it yeah yeah well I you know I don't even I've never minded like I've always been like yeah I can't really farf like who cares but I really wish I could torque because torques are fucking tight are you talking about just like a one foot? Yeah, front torque. Back. Yeah. That, that's cool. John but, uh, Elliott. Yeah. I think I'm working towards, I'm still learning, you know, still learning. We're all still learning tricks. So maybe it's possible. But it's, yeah, farfs are weird for me. And my feet are close. But, and I sweaties, I've always sweated with my feet close too. But, um, me too. But a few times I jumped on a sweaty recently, and I really boned it out. Like I sat on it, and my, and it felt pretty cool. So I think I think there's kind of the option either or. But that that drop rail that I missed was was kind of gnarly because I had to like jump a little bit over to the right to get to the rail, you know. And yeah. it's a, and it's a drop rail, and I went there to sweaty it. Um. But I went there to sweaty it like the day before. Um, but there was a car in the way, and there's like always a car in the way. So then I, so then I had a, a moment of insight, and I was like, I could just miss it. And I'm like, that'd be awesome. <laughs> and Matt was, was. Like, Matt was like, yeah, just. And then we were call- after I did it, we were calling it the Man Zoo. <laughs> <laughs> and we all, we almost forgot to put the trick in too. Like we did a we we made two rough he made two rough drafts of it and the second rough draft almost gonna put it online. I was like fuck the man zoo. We almost we almost what's up? Like misuse are just getting hated on even by the people who do them. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, shit. 
if it wouldn't have gone in, we would have been talking. We wouldn't have been talking about it right now. I'm glad yes, it went in. And oh, and then the so oh, this is this is related. Um, yeah, I I got a copy of the new wheel scene, mm-hmm. and um, and I have a interview in it, and um, I one of the pictures that I shot for it was the man zoo, <laughs> and the 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 guy who runs the magazine. He told me that um, his, name, his name is David. He said that uh, he wasn't feeling the Mizu. And I was <laughs> like, I was like, I was like, why? You know, it's like a drop rail. It's at a, he's like, yeah, it's an interesting location. I'm like, yeah, it's a fucking awesome painted house in San Francisco. I'm about to get like beat up by whoever lives there. And he's like, he's like, uh, well. You know, I just not really feel in the Mizu. It's like the first trick I learned. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I just have this thing about Mizu's. I just don't like them. He's like, because maybe it's the first trick I learned. (laughs) I was like, that's the point. Everyone has a thing against them. That's why I did it. (laughs) He's like, haha, don't get it. (laughs) Mizu is like almost a mushroom blading trick now. (laughs) In itself. But... do you remember the, I love him. Do you remember the article that Arlo wrote? Um he wrote an article about Mizus and how he didn't like them when yeah. the they first started uh when people first started doing Mizus cuz Arlo was Did you ever see Arlo do a sweat stance or a Mizu? Not really. He was a hardcore innie. Yeah, soul in every way. Um he said cuz it was the first thing that looked distinctly rollerblading I'm pretty sure was like the heart of the article that all of our things soul grinds and all that stuff they had stances that looked kind of like refined action sporty but the Mizu like you know sometimes if you do it with your arms spread and your legs spread it's like the ultimate expression of a rollerblading trick Mm -hmm. I think that's what it is it's like the ultimate Audi trick What's cool is that what I just thought of is that um, so a Mizu, uh, the position of a Mizu is exactly the same position of pushing on rollerblades. Oh, that's (laughs) big. Never thought of it that way. So hating hating Mizus is like hating skating. So there's a, you know, the, the look, that's it. That when you push... That's it. Freeze frame it. That's a Mizu. Isn't that so weird? It's so people it's, are even trying to get away from uh, when true. they push on their skates. People, uh, like in Pariah, you'll see some skating or whatever. But it's more about like cruising now. Like, right. like you got to keep your arms down if you're skating hard, you know? Mm-hmm. Roscoe yeah. has that very refined skating style where you would never see him doing the prayer of the roller boys. Sure. Yeah, I, I don't think you'd ever see me doing that either, for better or worse. <laughs> what? Whole, it's so badass. Arc. It's so badass. If you have to get a lot of speed in yeah. a short amount of time, you got to swing yeah. those fucking arms. you got yeah. to. Chris yeah, Edwards. Sure. Chris Edwards. Mm-hmm. Didn't he do it? Yeah. I mean, it's that's skating. <laughs> I don't know. That, um, You know, the... Tony Rivetuso can really can really get, pick up speed quick skating like that. He'll if you watch some of his stuff, he'll like really throw his he'll be pumping his arms, you know. But uh 
I don't know. That's a very forward motion, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, for I've, me, I I guess I just don't like. I part of me wants to be the kind of skater who just fucking charges, you know. But um, but the way I skate is a lot more like connected to the ground. It's just like kind of I'm. It's it's kind of like following a creek that's bending, that's that's winding, and then kind of like you know. Um, whipping around in it, you know, it's like it's not. It's interesting because I, yeah. it was a few years ago. I sent Todd like I made skating rules for myself this one year, yeah. and uh, one of them was keep skates stuck to the ground, and it was kind of similar to what you just said. It wasn't as cool as following a creek, <laughs> but it was that same idea as keeping them stuck to the ground. I can't remember who I was watching. It could have been T.J. Weber. And Walt mm-hmm. Austin, even though my interpretation of their style would never even be close, but they had like these suction cup skates that looked yeah. like magnets that would stick to the ground, and their feet would always be the same kind of distance apart on takeoff mm-hmm. and on landing. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's cool about SF, is you can go down a hill, skate a line down a hill. You don't have to skate. You just like let it take you. Some of the it's some sick. of the stuff in the shock video, I can't wait to be in San Francisco in person and see some of that stuff just to see how steep some of that stuff is because you yeah. never uh seeing stuff in person is just so much different. Especially yeah. I want someone to take me to the hill that Ben Weiss, the fakie bomb that yeah. he does. Oh shit. That's fucked up. That is really crazy. He's holding <clears throat> like, shoes too. Yeah. Ben Ben is like totally a character, you know, like through and through. Like it doesn't ever stop, you know. It's like you get, you know, you get certain people who like maybe they look like people who are in the public eye look they look crazy or act seem like they act crazy on camera. But maybe if they go and they chill, there's something else. But like Ben is just not something else. He's just nuts. Just crazy. Is he still in San Francisco? No, he left like a couple years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. He, I think he's kind of MIA from the, at least all the the between between Pat, who's like close with him, and um, all the Minnesota guys I know. I don't know where he is. He's one of those people that I just hope, however many years down the road, when rollerblading's history is being spoke of whatever is of it. Ben Weiss is one of those names that may be forgotten and he needs to people need to get educated on Ben Weiss. Yeah. He was such a crazy motherfucker. Um but to bring it back, I have two questions about when you're talking about skating in front of a house. So, okay. You're you're picking this is it you're walking down the street? Are you good? Do you need a break? No. Or anything? Okay. You're walking down the street, so you see this painted house, and that's where you decide you want to Mizu the rail, because of the, the, the house looks really cool. How did you find this spot? And how do you feel skating in front of houses? Well, I mean, that spot, um, that spot's kind of near, when I, I lived with Pat a few years ago, and that spot's kind of near his house, so I've known about that one for a little while, and always been kind of like eyeing it. Um, 
And actually, it turns out um, Sean C. top acided that rail, and I had no idea. He told me though. Um, so two people have hit that rail. Um, but but yeah, like generally with with houses, I'm you know, well, with houses skating, like what draws me into a, a house or is the same thing that draws me into anything else. It's just. Um, usually it's like sometimes I'll see something to skate at a house but it's an ugly house so I won't skate it <laughs> you know it's like I'm looking for something that has like the total package you know but I'll I'll definitely I'll definitely skate um, you know if it's like an amazing spot in an ugly house then I'll skate it if it's like an amazing house with like an so so something to skate then I'll probably skate it you know but um but how does it feel to skate houses? It's become very normal to my skating practice. You know, it's kind of hard for me not to because, um, you know, like pretty much everything that I skate, especially like in that last section, that everything is almost, yeah, everything is either by my house, walking distance, or walking distance from my work, you know? So it's kind of delightful now, like, walking around and saying, oh, yeah, there's that one, that one. You know what I mean? It's sweet. <laughs> it's really That's, cool. It's probably really healthy. Yeah, it's, like, kind of it makes me feel connected to my the, my environment. But um, but about, like, yeah, it's someone's house, you know. Um, typically, like, I, I've, um, I haven't really been getting kicked out of houses at all. Like it, it happens sometimes, but I'd say houses are easier targets than. Uh, oh yeah, skating downtown around my work in the financial district get kicked out left and right. But like houses, people don't usually have uh, hired security guards. So, um, and then there's also that like sometimes like like the that roll I did at the end of the section is that like it looks like a house, but it's kind of more like an apartment building. So the people there are renting. So it's kind of like a, a place like that. I'm even less nervous because usually people who are renting don't really care as much what's going on with damage and stuff. Yeah, when I'm going up to skate a house, like I get, I'll get, I'll get like stretched out. We'll get the angle right. Um, we'll get, I'll get everything set up that I can before I actually like go up the stairs or whatever it is. You know? Yeah. Because because it is like. You know, it is a different kind of thing, different different beast. Um, and, you know, sometimes I'll be skating a house and I'll be like, shit, like, no one seems to care. No one's home. I don't know. But I always have a sense of, like, this needs to get done fast, you know? Because you don't know when some dude's going to come up in his fucking truck and he's going to get pissed or you don't know. It's just, yeah, so, I mean, the I guess the Mizu, I think I got that one, like, probably third try and um the the roll i think i got that one like i think i got that one like second try but um but yeah it's not like I, i'm there probably for like i'd say under 15 minutes the one the roll the roll i was so fucking scared that like i stood it there for a while you know yeah because you did so. it the hard way. I have this written down here. You you could roll that rail with your, you know, with your f- dangling foot on the inside, but you did it with right. a dangling foot on the outside. Yeah, yeah. 
and uh, you don't see that a lot when people roll stuff. So, uh, were you watching Andy Cruz footage? I have that written down. Or did you just see that spot and you wanted to roll down it? Um, no. Um, I mean, I actually the other day I was like searching through YouTube trying to find Andy Cruz footage, and I just couldn't find a whole lot. I think there's daily bread sections around, but um, but yeah, I'd say, you know, I've always had an interest in roles. I think my biggest experience with someone doing roles and realizing shit like that's awesome is uh, um, that it needs to be pushed. Is probably um, Thomas Martin. Oh yeah, that is. Yeah, I just Thomas just came out to San Francisco. And I took him to like four different house spots that were all roll hammers that I had picked out for myself because I just realized this dude can do can do it like he can really handle rolls. So I took him to all like four spots and he he laced every one of them. It was unreal. Um, but yeah, so Thomas grew up with Andy Cruz. So or he grew up, he skated you know he skated a lot with Andy like um, and yeah so. I don't know what, I kind of like, you know, I'd say I just kind of always liked roles. I've always been good at roles. I remember one time Eric Bailey was like, yeah, you're really good at roles. And I didn't even realize it. But then I was like, yeah, I guess I am, you know. And so, but lately it's been kind of, I've been feeling like there's some space to, to I guess like going back to that, like what to do with, what do you want to do with the skating mission statements and stuff. And um, I really like, like, you know, when you you guys are talking about grinding and like versus rolling, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's like I listen to the podcast, so I'm like thinking about that myself, you know? Because I because I relate to like where that's coming from. Like, I definitely love rolling, and sometimes doing grinds, practicing your back royales and stuff, are can feel a little bit like work, you know? Absolutely. Um, but at the same time, I. There's, I kind of love grinding so much, you know, <laughs> like, like I really love it, you know, and but I really love rolling too, and but I feel like there's more, there's more things to be done with rolling, you know, it's more uncharted, so I'm excited about it. Do you ever get that feeling, um, where, where, even if you're considered creative, or there's creative skaters out there um i consider myself creative sometimes and then i'll get this little flash where i'm like jesus and it's only a window where i say jesus i've barely even scratched the surface of what's possible on skates Mm -hmm. do you ever have that feeling where it's almost overwhelming where there may not even be enough time or your body may not be good yeah long enough to actually explore all of the things that pop up in your mind yeah, I mean, I get a sense of, like, um, I watched Enter the Dragon two nights ago. <laughs> so, you know, for, I think, uh, uh, with, yeah, I, when I think about, like, with, I think there's, there's your, kind of what you can do with your body, kind of in a, kind of in a, um, sports, like, and then going into, like, martial arts, you know? Yeah. There's like there's like that direction, and I feel like it's there's so much more to do, but 
I'm so imperfect, <laughs> you know, and I, I really want to, um, I was looking up this, this praying mantis kung fu place by my house, so, um, I'm not saying that I'm going to do this, because I wouldn't want to, like, you know, come out, like, you know, I'm going to go do kung fu and get better, but that's really what I want to do, I don't know if I can afford it, though, which sucks, um, but, uh, I think there, like, there's there's like a there's definitely I think there's a martial arts kind of feel to skating and especially certain skaters you know and uh and I think that there's a lot freeing up your body like I feel like there's yoga I think that that's going to kind of loosen you up fix you up get you body aware you know but I think taking it to the next level like physically um where you're really getting freedom I think like martial arts would be the next step that's what i've been thinking lately and then but then there's a whole nother there's a whole nother um thing going on with dance um where like i'm i'm i think about it and i'm not sure um because you know it's funny because like that you know the angie walton thing how rollerblading now tell me if i'm getting this right she said that when rollerblade started it you know it was like there was the dance team and there was the ramp team yeah right and and it wasn't even the ramp team at first right okay yeah, yeah. you have that right though yeah but so you're saying that initially it was just dance they wanted it to be fitness dance transportation health yeah device. and they they ixnade the ramp and trick stuff for the first bit okay and then Okay, and then some of the people that were into rollerblading wanted to do the ramps and kept pushing that. Yeah, and then rollerblade got on board once they saw it would be lucrative. It sounded okay. like that from the story. Yeah, so go on, but dance, yeah. But so what I took from that, and I've been thinking about lately, is kind of um, so it's like, I guess like. When we're so we're looking back into where this came from, you know, I mean, I, I think that's always useful, like looking into your childhood and figuring out what your parents were like and what your childhood was like. It's always, you know, kind of illuminating, mm-hmm. and like so we're doing that with skate with rollerblading right now, and uh, it's like shit, you know, um, the the dance thing, like that's it just seems like it's like a can of worms like hiding in our in our past that we can't really totally that we've it's almost like you've been trying to been trying to deny it or something you know yeah but it but it's there you know whether you like it or not it's like and what do you do about that and i think that i think that the one thing i was thinking okay what's what's still what remnant what remnant of that is still around you know yeah in what we do, um, and I think it's it's really the in style, which I've just kind of become convinced is just the best thing about blading. It's really how you do it. Yeah, I mean it's cool to do a roll because people aren't doing that a lot right now, like we're talking about, you know, um, as opposed to like, you know, like a full spin, true topsole or something. But, but to me, it kind of like it's like trick, trick choice, all that. 
it's all just a little bit like even spot selection like that's a little i feel like spot selection is a little deeper than um trick vocabulary because it has to do with kind of like vision but i'm well i don't know but anyways like style like style is such a big deal you know and in, in skating and that's what kind of you know you have certain skaters you like and i feel like it's really the style you know yeah and i feel like that the the style is the thing you know that and i feel like that's kind of got to be related to dance yeah absolutely the the weird thing is that dance is so big too like yeah. on tv that so you think you can dance in america's best dance crew and all that stuff yeah and uh why aren't some of those people getting a pair of skates on and translating that and because aggressive skating is niche i guess hey yeah that's a problem okay this is one thing that i i haven't done my pariah podcast yet but um pariah skating is insane insanely talented people so good but Mm -hmm. aggressive skating in general will just after watching that video, I'm like, are these are just insanely talented people that are going to have an audience of a few thousand people if it keeps going in that direction. Like, I feel like aggressive skating is always going to be niche, and and Todd and Leon touched on it, upon it. But like, that idea of dance and and bringing other things into skating, it's not going to happen if we keep thinking of skating as aggressive skating. Mm-hmm. And more people deserve to see Pariah like people that don't know what rollerblading is but i just i just don't think they're gonna see it Mm -hmm. i don't really have a point with that but hopefully Mm -hmm. there's some concepts in there that you can agree with or discuss that niche thing that idea of like what would it take to have a bigger audience Mm -hmm. for aggressive skating or what would aggressive skating have to evolve into oh here's my question Mm how Angie Walton said it almost seems like skating is starting now do you remember when right. she said that yeah I like that do you feel that a little bit mm-hmm yeah I do um what about you um I've kind of had that feeling of like reset button uh-huh. since kind of around 2010 mm-hmm it felt like where, okay, so what we're third generation rollerbladers, would you say? Our age group, and then yeah, I think so. John Bellino yeah. and Montre are fourth generation. Yeah, it gets it gets hard though because um, some younger skaters have been skating just as long as me, you know. So yeah, that's true. So I'm not sure if the generation is age or just like. Link how long you've been skating. Yeah, you know, because I wouldn't be surprised if those guys have been skating for fifteen years. You know. Yeah, that's true. That that reset button idea. But anyways, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Watching um, John Bellino and Montre specifically, those two sections specifically in that video, I have a feeling that those two guys. And the skating in that video deserve a much wider audience. And then I have a feeling that people like Broskow and Haffy and Farmer 
are going to become like elders. If rollerblading was to ever creep back into the mainstream, I think those names wouldn't be at the forefront. There's just this weird thing where those guys, Felino and Montre and some of those people that have taken everything that's been done and refined it a little bit more. I don't know. Something about the reset button. 2010, Bellino, Montre, I'm forgetting. Joey Chase. There's like these people who have taken rollerblading and done something. I don't know. I don't know. It'd be hard to say, like, because, I mean, Haffy and Farmer and Brasco are still, like, fully uh, ripping. That's what I'm saying, though. Like, if they're... Don't you want to see, like... I want them to never think that they're done with skating and they, that they can't put out sections. Like, I want those guys to be the be the elders of skating, to still be on top, but in, like, a, this wise... Uh, mm-hmm. This wise kind of kung, kung fu master mm-hmm. way yeah. that they don't have to skate as much or as hard, but what they do will will always have value and be interesting... And yeah. that, um, and that Bellino and Montre are going to be under that, and then whoever is coming up under that—that's the res- the reset button on rollerblading. That's like we might actually have that foundation that is a little bit more strong now. I, right, I see what you mean. I see yeah. what you mean. That's yeah. kind of my concept. I don't yeah. know. What do you think about that? Even just that that idea of reset button, or that something. There's something weird happening with uh, these podcasts and people getting back into skating that are older. Yeah. yeah. There's some weird uh, melting point happening right now. I don't know. Yeah. Well. Uh, yeah. With the I do think I do think these podcasts are are definitely um, hit some hit some boiling point or something like it's really. Um, does seem like people are uh, starting to really listen to them I mean and talk about them and I think that that is fucking awesome because um, the only discourse like when you talk about like you always say rollerblading has no culture you know and I'm always kind of like on the fence about that statement I'm not sure if you're right what do you mean you know but if you say like um, like with discourse like what's where's the you know what's where's the talking you know happening and it's like i'd say like before before the podcast it's like there's a lot of um there's there's interviews but like um you know daily bread's gone you know and that was something that kind of focused the cold focused us you know to like there was a there's vg and there's daily bread and now I don't think I don't think there's any print magazines that that are really like telling us what's up with rollerblading like full stop you know yeah and uh, and not like holding us to binding us together and making us like see something but and then there's you know so what is there that everyone's what is everyone looking at you know and it's like roller news comments and BMAG message board and whatever else is online you know um, and that's all really um just kind of just you know it's like i'm sure there's there's probably like good stuff in there you know mixed in but it's but it's pretty much just 
not all that stuff like if we're all reading that every day that we're not going to go anywhere you know no there's not going to be any focus it's just bullshit so um so i think the podcasts are you know what is it like what are we talking about is this like con- like group like what how do you, what's the word consciousness like consciousness raising oh like, yeah uh, I think that's what it's doing. Some kind of like bringing our consciousness, consciousness bleh, together, you know, so that we're kind of being becoming aware of things specific, and we're thinking about them at the same time. Yeah, which is which has got to be powerful. I get this weird feeling after I listen to some of those podcasts, like Todd and Leon one or the Angie Walton yeah, one. Was, yeah. I I get this feeling, the same feeling that I got after I watched a video and I got excited to be a part of skating i get that yeah. same feeling from listening to the podcast not only that but i i reflect on so many personal things yeah yeah me too i've yeah this has been really positive for for me the whole list listening to the podcast and participating in them has been great um, uh, i think oh. it's good for, yeah no go go oh um well i have this one thing written down how listening to that angie podcast and how she was kind of like the mother figure mm-hmm. of skating, and and Arlo and Chris Edwards kind of like shared the father figure, although it was more Arlo for a while there. I I have this thing, this thought where we're kind of, and I got this watching Pariah, and I get this watching videos. We're like a bunch of lost children that our parents kind of like abandon us, right? Like our elders abandon us, and we were right. lost for almost a decade. Mm-hmm. And and now we're just kind of like we're starting to grow up a little bit and become more yeah. independent and figure out that we right. can do this on our own. What do you think right. about that idea? You know, I you know I had a similar thought. Um, it was that so if we were kind of invented by so say we were invented by popular culture, you know, yeah, like roller. So that's the kind of idea of rollerblading's history that I'm figuring that I'm getting. Through these interview, these podcasts and things, and um, it's it's surprising to me how little I fucking knew, you know. Yeah, it's I don't know, but um, so if if you say that we're invent, we were kind of invented by popular culture, you know, to make money. Um, then now and then you look at it now, and now we now we we you know just been kind of. You know, given we, you know, mother is popular culture, and she gave birth to us, and then you know, like you're saying, like pushed us away, said and forgot about us, you know. Yeah. And um, kind of like, kind of first, like what kind of feelings that would kind of put, because it, it's kind of hard. Like I feel like there's there's an analogy from like when you think of like a person versus like a a lot of people doing something and you try to make this analogy so it's kind of hard to figure out where those feelings of abandonment exist <laughs> yeah that's true um but i think that they do exist and i mean just a thought maybe one of the things that is happening is that like you know we do have um just the idea how do we save rollerblading People have been talking about that and talking about that. What is your solution? And the um, and the solution is that everyone's looking for is how do we get back into the womb? How do we get back to mother? 
popular culture. So maybe the reason why we're so obsessed with getting back on TV and stuff is that we that's kind of home. That's where we started. You know, do you want to... Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Which is all not what we need to do. I don't think we need to do that. I well, mean, and the, the womb might not exist anymore. No. Because it's breaking off into all little specialty yeah, online right. things. Exactly. Yeah, that's the other thing. So, you know, I I had this thought, like, I tried to write this article for Shock, like, a few years ago, and it was like, how can we become more like fly fishing? Because, <laughs> like, I don't know much about fly fishing. The vision I have of it is just probably stuff I've seen in random movies. Yeah. But it's like these men who go, and women maybe, who go wade into the water and spend their day, you know, sunrise to sunset or whatever, definitely sunset, at least if you're watching the movies, you know, casting their line. I have no negative feeling towards it, you know. I don't necessarily want to do it. I'm pretty sure that if I wanted to, I could get the gear and go do it, you know. Yeah. Fly, it's not on. Well, fly fishing, how... How long have people been fucking fishing for? Oh, okay. It's working now. I don't know what was up with that. Yeah. Hopefully we're not going to get crazy here, but yeah. Well, we'll do uh, um, we'll do another 20 minutes here, and then i got to pick up my girlfriend. But we, it seems like we're just yeah. diving in right now. Yeah. It'll be like an hour and a half or something. Yeah, that's good. Okay, so go fishing. We were on fishing. Well, I guess you just got like... There's the goal to go back to popular culture, which I think we were talking about how, like, you know, that makes sense that we would have those feelings and desire that, you know. But, um, you know, there's a good probability that that's not going to happen, and it's and it may not have to do with the anything with us, you know. It may not have to do with, like, we haven't gone big enough, or we haven't had enough personality, or we haven't, you know, it's kind of like, Mom, why'd you leave me? Was it, was I not, was I not sick enough? Was I not gnarly enough? Did I not have any personality? You know, it's like, did I not, what was it, Mom? Why'd you leave me? You know, what do I have to do? I'll do anything. The leap of faith, you, you know? It's like the same, it's like the leap of faith. The leap of faith is gone. Like, it re- actually it is. Like, they built an elevator shaft. Did, should I just wall ride the elevator shaft? <clears throat> it's probably not possible. Um, so, so the idea with fly fishing was like, I just had this idea, oh, okay, well, maybe we should change our goals up, you know? Maybe we should shoot for fly fishing. That's pretty cool, <laughs> you know? It's like, they're not like, getting blown up on TV constantly, but it seems like they're doing okay. What if we were just okay? You know, you could have... We were just moving along, you know, and we had... It seems like um, the thing is, we do need skates. Yeah. You know, to, to, to blade, you need blades. And I don't I don't know, I mean... I'm not involved enough with companies and uh, shops exactly to to really know 
like how dire the situation is, you know. Um, I guess Todd thinks he can make skates. <laughs> I would, I would totally skate your skates, Todd. I would try him out for sure. <laughs> well, the goal up here in Canada would eventually be to have a skate company, but we need to f- figure out that investment thing. We have uh, yeah, there's Todd, Leon, and Josh Silver specifically are are three people that could create one hell of a skate yeah um so yeah well yeah we'll give you a pair when they exist for sure to try could could be 10 or 20 years down the road yeah well hopefully we can all use them still but (laughs) it's yeah so i don't know i mean i guess the idea is like we have this we have this goal of going back to the you know to mother and and uh it's like mother's not there anymore. So now we need to kind of maybe need, need to figure out some, some new goals. A new goal, a new mission statement, I don't know. And probably, like, I'm stoked, maybe the the skating is, right now I think skating is really, truly speaking through the podcast, you know, and that's that consciousness raising. And I don't know if anyone necessarily has the answer. If you do, please tell me. But I, I don't know. You know what I mean. But I think we just have to kind of reassess shit. I um, I think when you listen to the Todd, the last Todd and Liam podcast, and um, me working a little bit with uh, we made some videos for K two. Yeah. Um, through my company, which is a completely separate thing, and yeah, knowing Leon and knowing stuff from K two that that. You look at aggressive, and the word aggressive skating will always be a niche thing. Mm-hmm. And and Leon especially is is was really good in that podcast by saying that it's all just wheels on your feet. And I think the faster we can get over aggressive skating, and the more we can kind of combine all of those ideas of wheels on feet into one thing um fuck it's so hard to try and no you're right that's exactly it it's it's that's totally it it's just like i mean it's simple as like the way that skiing works you know yeah it's like you've got your niche crazy fuckers you know and then you got everybody else who likes riding down the slopes but it's still skiing you know what i mean it's still skiing and it, and the and there's a um I think that's why, like, um, why, like, you know, like, power blading, right? That's pretty interesting, the fact that it got, like, kind of heated, you know? Got kind of political or something, you know? Yeah. Now, why did that happen? You know, it's because it's, it's like that whole move that, is it Arlo that was like, okay, we're not that? Yeah, well, it was Arlo and uh, Angie made that joke, no more cones or whatever, in one of the first Daily Breads. Yeah. Um the rollerblading is dead ad where it was like the Senate symbol and it said we have a lot to be angry about. Uh, uh Blade Warriors, roller hockey, right. fitness skating and that is what a lot whatever invisible standard still exists, that's kind of where it comes from. Mhm. So what do you think about that? The idea that are we just still fake skateboarding 
technically to most people? Is that what we're doing to outsiders? Um, fake skateboarding. Like, are we just skateboarding on rollerblades still? I don't know. I don't get that feeling because, I mean, well, when I, like, when I, um, when I share rollerblading with, like, people who don't rollerblade in San Francisco, then they're usually, like, they don't, they don't really, they don't, it's just all, like, sick, you know, cool. It's not, so I don't know, are we just, but it, I mean, I guess that's not really the question, what do people think, but what, are we fake skateboarding? Do we have... I, I don't, I don't care, like, why, like, like, I don't know, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a big deal to take influences from skateboarding, you know, I think it's fine. Oh yeah, okay, here's another version of it, you're right. You're right. I just kind of obsess over that idea. Todd and I were obsessing over that idea. Um, and I asked you this question when we did the original shock interview. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if, if skateboarding never existed, right, right. what would rollerblading look like? And and Todd and I talked about it on the podcast before. Would yeah. would a rollerblader have like come up with with grinding a rail? Would that have been mm-hmm. a thing in rollerblading? Mm-hmm. Do you right. think obviously it's a really out there question that you right. it would be hard to have an answer, but just just the idea of what you know of rollerblading now, if you were to take all of the grinds out of it. Mm-hmm. Like how, you have to be so creative as a skateboarder to be like, I'm gonna slide this rail on my skateboard. What is the thing in well, roll? But then again, you know, you've got if you look at it like I mean like surfers go up on the wave and they slide on it, right? Yeah, yeah. And and uh, and skateboarders like would take took that to you know like pools and kind of did that, you know. Yeah. But roller skaters, though. Uh huh. I guess is it just hardwired into our brains to want to just slide on shit in a stance? Yeah, that's a good question. Like, you know how when little kids, like your little kid, you run and you slide on the ground. Yeah. With your socks. Yeah. And it's really fun. It's so fun. I've been caught before. You know when you're like at someone's house and they have like a sl- slippery floor. I've been caught like yeah. skating on it instead of actually walking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that even if grinding wasn't ever invented, like. I still think kids would slide on their feet with on wooden floors with socks. Yeah, so and then one one kid would do like a unity cuz he'd be like I'm sick. Would it be a grind or would it be a cess slide though? Like would cess slides yeah. be the thing for a while before someone decided to take it like hey maybe yeah. I could cess slide down this rail if I go fa-. like where it would be more right. like like the uh Oh God! This one quote that I heard once, where they said it was Mark from Outline and Brian. They were like, "Grinding should be in rollerblading should be any time your skates touch a surface." Mm-hmm. You know when there's like the difference between someone jumping on, let's just say it's a nine stair rail, right? So you could gap over it fairly easily. 
Mm-hmm. And there's people who jump on the rail more slowly, mm-hmm. land on it, and slide down. And they're kind of standing on top of their skates. And mm-hmm. then there's people like Frankie Morales, and uh, I can't... He's the first person off the top of my head. Where it's almost like they're airing. They, they grind rails like it's an air, and that's where it, rollerblading looks more distinct when grinds look more like cess slides in the air on a rail, if that makes any sense. Do you think that's like the pinnacle of rollerblading style? Is that instead of waving your arms around on a grind, you're, you're, you're kind of like fluidly grind dancing? Uh, I don't know about the pinnacle style, but I, the, the trick that I thought of right away is one I really like, uh, 270 backside backslide and then spinning out to fakie. Um, because that's a trick where like it, there's a you you jump on it and you kind of like you even the the lock you lock it and you kind of stand on it but but the you're you flow through the trick but um is the I don't know I'm getting for I'm getting like I don't know I don't understand anything you just said well but. I'm incredibly verbose and as I speak I'm actually talking to myself in long yeah. things. The what I'm trying to say is that do you think rollerblading style is more about um oh fuck, how do I reword this? That idea of if, if someone was to do the first grind down a rail and rails weren't mm-hmm. were not to exist, it would be more like gapping over the rail and touching mm-hmm. your feet down and going really fast. Do you think that is more what distinctly rollerblading style is? Is something to do with speed speed and control together more than jumping on something and putting your feet in a position. Do you think that's more well, what grinding is about if if you were to break it down? Or if did I I'm probably just grind, I feel like grinding is about like like uh what Rob G does, you know. It's about finding a home in a in a position and staying there. That's Oh shit! That's a that's, good reference. That's, that's real. Rob can really grind, and his grinds have soul. <laughs> it's like doing a yoga pose or something right. like that. Yeah, totally. That's what I. Yeah, I I wrote an article about him for Mag, and I really watched his skating. I said, "Well, now what is it about Rob skating that's Rob skating?" And I was like, "Yeah, it's it's." He finds a home in his grinds, and he and he can he can rest there, and be be kind of at peace there, you know. And that was kind of like wow, because you know I I like to use grinds, like I like to use them like to get places, you know. Um, wow. But and like I I always like when I thought when I thought about that I'm like well I'm like a homeless grinder, <laughs> <laughs> like I don't ever find a home. I'm on on the way. I'm floating around. I'm like stepping on and floating off and jabbing at it and I'm not ever just steady just calm. holy fuck you just made me realize an important part of my skating yeah I love that quote I grind <laughs> to get places yeah D- that means you may be more of a roller than a grinder yeah I I like the feeling of grinding um like when there's no weight down what? For sure. Wait, no way down? Explain that. 
No weight. When, oh, when, no no weight down. Yeah, yeah. But that's what I was just trying to explain. Yeah, I just realized that. Yeah. That that my incredibly verbose thing was that the first rollerblade grind would look like no weight down. Right, yeah. And it did. Old school videos, they're just like floating over the rail. That was your first rail like that? Where you found a short rail and you jumped over it and then tapped your foot down? Yeah. Mine was like that too. Yeah. And then what was your your first kind of longer rail? What was that like? What what rail did you do? Um where you actually held it. I know I it would have been a soul grind for sure. Really? Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't remember. No. It was probably oh yeah, I know of course it was I was a park rat when I started, so it was the 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 park rail, which was kinda scary. Um but I, yeah, I sold it. I would do a soul grind. I think I could Mizu it too. That was about it. Oh, Mizu. Was it a close footed Mizu? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was? Yeah, well, always. I mean, if I do a, if I do a Mizu without thinking, you know, then it's always close feet. Mine too. You yeah. were skating, um, were you skating a three wheel set up in this section? Yeah, yeah. Was that your first time skating uh, Tri Rocker? I guess that's what it's called. No, I've been on Tri Rocker for like over a year. And uh, you have two in the two in the back, one in the front. Or wait, do you have two two in the front? Two in the front, one in the back. Oh, crazy! But, but I'm not really convinced that's the right way for me. Have you tried two in the back, one in the front? Yeah, I've, I I used to do I used to do. Um, like different like on one side I'd have two in the front and on the other I'd have two in the back <laughs> that's cool I, I used heard to of do it doing that. I used to do it that way because it seemed like and I should probably go back to that way but um, I went to Long Beach and JC told me that he, he rides he rides dry rocker too and um, he told me that he puts two in the front so that um, something about how that worked for him you know um you still there? Yeah. Oh, and so I so I've been trying so I tried that for a while, uh, but I think I like I think the ideal setup is two in the front on the left foot and two in the back on the right foot, just for me because I'll like when I skate forwards I like to put my right foot in front of my left mostly and carve you know. Yeah. So the way the weight works, like JC, if you look at the way he skates, he like charges, like kind of like hockey. Like his weight is forward, so yeah. now it makes sense to me. He'd put, want those two wheels in the front, so he could like pivot and swivel. Yeah. But I don't know. Like I've always had this thing where my weight leans back, and oh, so yeah. when I when I started skating rails when I was younger, I would always fall to my ass every fucking time because I'd always lean back. So my weight's always been back. So when I skate, I like lean back. Really? So I, yeah. I'm trying to. Th- I, I try to be forward sometimes. Like I was talking about that whole like when you're talking about like the whole the charging thing when you're using your arms. Yeah. It's like super forward, but. Um, but I like I don't know. It must oh, be something about my um my spine or way the way my body is. Did you like, ever skate K twos? You no, you know, I never skated K2s. I'm kind of bummed about that. I really wish I would have gotten some. It's a very uh, unique feel for a skate because it has a flat heel. Or have you skated any skate that has a flat heel, like no raised heel? 
Well, I guess shadows are flat, but they have a shock. Josh skated his for a while, or he may still skate in this way. He skated them with the shock absorber out, and uh, uh, it was more of a connection. But the shock yeah. absorber is great in those skates, so I tried yeah. it for a little bit, and it was weird. Um, yeah. But if you ever just want for fun, if you're at like a ledge spot or you want to try, yeah. it's fun to like take the shock absorber out and just you get that K2 feel a little bit mm-hmm. with that. But um, so K2s were totally flat, and then how did you? Did they just? Did you just put like a nice insole in there? Uh, K2 always had like a pretty nice uh, insole that yeah. was like a shock absorber in itself. Um, yeah. You would still get bruised heels though, and K2 toe once in a while. But it was when you first got those skates, you would fall back. Like you would have mm-hmm. the feeling of falling back. So I, I just always oh. wondered if that it would it <laughs> would make your fall back feeling even more intense. <laughs> and I'm, a, I'm a balls I'm balls on the feet. That's always been my thing in hockey. Yeah. I had a really weird skating style, so that's why I'm skating still um, 60s in the middle and 57s on the outside right now. So it's the opposite of anti-rocker. To your banana? Yeah. Isn't that what it's called? Well, Todd, Todd has pretty much renamed uh, rocker to banana, which is good. I mean, that's crazy. Like, I still... I. I haven't tried that ever. <laughs> you have to try it. Um, <laughs> it's just it, it. I could see it. Sounds like it'd be really maneuverable, right? You could just turn on a dime. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, if you watch anyone who like puts Todd skates on or my skates on, because I used to do it with uh, Roses back in the day. Ground controls, rock it down, and as soon as someone puts them on, you like do that little. Uh, thing where your feet are close together and you make little S movements with your feet. Yeah. It like uh, there's something intuitive about that setup that makes you wanna squiggle your feet around. So yeah, definitely try it. Yeah, I guess I could see like you, that's how you, it like helps you spin quick, turn quick. Yeah, and uh, naturally, if you skate flat for a while, your 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 wheels start to kind of wear like the blade of a skate. Although yours might wear a little bit different. So mm-hmm. I've heard of people putting um, three big wheels and then one smaller wheel in the front. So that mm-hmm. would probably be something that you could try. That would be interesting. Mm. Um, yeah. I think I have one more... Uh, I have one more thing written down before we go here. Okay. Um, <clears throat> oh, wait. One question. What the fuck is a smog station? A smog station? Yeah, you do a trick. Uh, you grind these, like, tagged-up ledges, dropsel, 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 and in the background there's a thing called a smog station. Oh, I guess that's for cars to get um, get checked for whether or not they're, um, they're, they're just putting out too much, like, gnarly fumes for the environment, like smog check. Um, okay. Okay. Like, I think that's what it is. I like. I haven't had a car for a long time, I, but yeah, yeah. It's like some cars are too old and shitty to be driving. Like they don't pass the test because they're too hard on the environment. Or something. The air. I guess. Yeah. That's a smoke station. Okay. Good. And yeah. this is my final question because I have to go pick up my girlfriend. Yeah. To bring it back to the house skating thing. Um, your final trick without 
uh, ruining anything. <laughs> you do your your ender trick is in front of a Buddhist temple, uh, and do you see, do you think about that like at all anymore? Do you have are you just sleeping and you you feel a oh, car revving in the background? Um, <laughs> Maybe Ten that means I'm, maybe that means we're not supposed to ask this question. But are you ever lying in bed and you're like, the was it a man or a woman that was like trying to stop you from doing it? Like a Buddhist person? I think it. I think it was a woman, but I'm not sure. And uh, <clears throat> what? There's such an interesting contrast going on in that in that shot. And yeah. when you do that, do you ever think about that even? After a lot. Well, what do you mean? Think about it after. Well, it's just so weird that that's yeah. the one place that you just yeah. should not yeah. skate. Yeah. That do you well, have the thing any is, is karma like, regrets or? No, what? I feel like you know I'm like if there was any. I grew up Christian, and so there's still a lot of that in me. Um, although I I'm not exactly happy about it, but I I'm um. I'm very drawn to Buddhism and I did that, you know, I did that trick there. I was inspired to do that trick there because I, uh, I'm very inspired by Buddhism. That's a Zen Buddhist temple. And to me, uh, yeah, I have no karma regrets. It's, it was perfect, you know, it's like, you know, like to me, it's like, I don't know, in a kind of, maybe it's because I'm sort of a nerd and I, and I not, I mean, I I've read a lot about a Buddhism, and you know, it's moved me, and um, yeah. So I, my my friend Justin knew that I would love that spot because he knows me super well. And yeah, just no house skating. I don't. I don't. I skate whatever I want, and I have no no regrets. Let's fucking leave it on that note then. Yeah. Sure. Is that good? Yeah. Yeah, hell yeah. Well, we only scratched the surface once again, <clears throat> like yeah, we do just... in skating and life, but thank you so <laughs> much for coming on the third, well, this is the second aired podcast, but third between you and I, and uh, yeah. I really hope to have you on as a regular guest. We're hoping monthly, that's what we're hoping for. Mo- monthly sounds great, you know, I'm down, it's good for me, it's, you know. It's so. good for me too, Technology. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, we need to talk about we need to talk about your video though. <coughs> oh yeah, well <coughs> next time I've... let's focus on that. We don't and, like talking about ourselves too much if we have guests, <clears throat> so yeah. we'll do that next time. And a little uh, bit at least. Your this podcast and a massive podcast will be coming out around the same time, the one that I told you about, which was just being recorded. There'll be a big one. There's two big ones. There's Kevin Yee. And there's the big one. Mm-hmm. Nice contrast, though. Okay, Kevin. You. <laughs> yeah. Philosoblading and the airman. Ooh. <laughs> okay. I gotta pick up my girlfriend. I think I'm in trouble. You better get there, dude. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye. In every dream home, my heartache, and every step I take. Takes me further from heaven 
Is there a heaven? I'd like to think so. Standards of living, they're rising daily. But home, oh sweet home, it's only a saying. From bell push to faucet, in smart town apartment. The cottage is pretty. The main house a palace. Penthouse perfection. But what goes on? What to do there? Better pray there. Open plan living, bungalow ranch style. All of its comforts seem so essential. I bought you mail order, my plain wrapper, baby. Your skin is like vinyl. The perfect companion. You float in my new pool. Deluxe and delightful. Inflatable doll. My role is to serve you. Disposable darling. Can't throw you away, away now. Immortal and life-size. My breath is inside you. I'll dress you up daily and keep you till death-size. Inflatable doll. Lover ungrateful, I blew up your body, but you blew my mind. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh,